The following program is a paid commercial, which has been paid for by the advertiser, whose products and or services are featured in this program. Mindful of your health. Sponsored by Emergence Health Network. Hi, everyone. I'm Noreen Hadamio with Emergence Health Network. Thanks for being a part of our podcast where we're going to focus on your mental well-being. It's being mindful of your health. Today's topic is going to be intellectual developmental disabilities. So we have some experts from Emergence Health Network with us today to talk about this topic, and we have a lot to discuss. So we want to welcome Jordan Wynn. Uh, Jordan, you are the director of our IDD care transition team, Yes. correct? And then we have Claudia Guetta. Uh, she is the lead of our IDD Dayhab Learning Center. So we first want to talk about some of the services that EHN provides for our IDD population. So EHN does a really good job of having teamwork within the organization because EHN is a very large organization, yes. which is pretty incredible because then that means there's more services that are offered to the public, right? Perfect. Yeah. So um, some of the services that we have are day habilitation programs, which Claudia is in charge of, so she'll tell you a little bit about that. Okay. But then we have some residential facilities, and what mm -hmm. that means is that they're 24-7 services that clients, they live on the campus, and then they get services there, which is pretty incredible because a lot of cities really struggle to have that type of care. Okay. So it's really great. That and we also call that our CASAs, right? Yeah. Yeah. So basically they they go to the independence is what they want. Mm -hmm. So they get to go home to their home, uh, but we provide services well at the home, correct? Yes, it's it, 20, 27 facilities. Okay, so it's not at their home, it's our IDD CASAs. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, so it's a 24-7 residential facility. Got it. Yeah, and then we have a few different um, types of programs that actually give services within the home as well. So like okay. Texas Home Living, there's different Medicaid services, things like that, our STAR program, and then there's um, one of the programs that I'm in charge of called TST, the Transition okay. Support Team, and it actually bridges all of those different teams together. So then it is a continuum of care throughout the whole organization, which is a huge benefit that a lot of organizations don't have. Okay, now I wanna back up just a little bit. I kind of, uh, you know, briefly ran over it, which is intellectual developmental disabilities mm -hmm. and this IDD population. Talk about what are some of these disabilities that, that these individuals, or abilities as we call them, that these individuals have. Yeah, I like to think of intellectual disabilities as differently abled. Got it. Which is a really social work way to put it, but mm -hmm. it uh, encourages people to think of it in a different way as opposed to what they can't do when it's they're able to do different things than us, if that makes sense. Yes, Do you want to talk about some of the, in, since you're in charge of the DAHAB? Yes, some of the things that, I mean, um, our main goal at a DAHAB program is for them to be more independent. Okay, mm -hmm. we work on everything that is uh, gonna help them to be more independent in the community, you know, at their home, at their daily living. So one of the things that we notice, you know, like for example, you know how uh, Jordan was saying, you know, let's say, for example, uh, one of our clients wants to take uh, the lift to mm -hmm. be able to go from one place to another. Some of the things that we do in our program, we help them. We help them to be able to, you know, find them, uh, be able to know like, okay, you know, if you're gonna be taking uh, the lift from here to, from this point to this point, what are mm -hmm. the things that they need to do in order for them to do it? Yeah, and be able to do skills. stuff, you know, the same as everybody else. Yes. So those are the, some of the things that we look and we see, okay, this is what are the things that we need to point and we need to work 
and help we them it, with yeah we help them and, and those are the things that we're okay able so to I want to talk a little about what what I call it's dayhab uh, yes. dayhabilitation but I call it the learning center because you guys have modeled this learning center after what I say is like a mini college. Yes. So think, this is a, a service for individuals who are adults. Yes. Okay. So think of it as them going to college, correct? Yes. So they get to go there and at 8.30 to maybe 9.30, I don't know what the schedule is, they go to a math class or an art class. Yes. Uh, it's, it's independent living skills that they're also learning. So talk about that, how that gives them a sense of independence as well. Okay, first of all, it is a Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. Okay, our clients are there from uh, 9 to 2 p.m. It's actually okay. five hours. Sometimes it could be up to like six hours, but it's mainly five hours that the client is going to be um, constantly learning. Since right. the moment they come in into those doors to the moment they leave, everything is about them learning okay. okay learning and to you know how to go from the beginning from the from the door all the way to their classroom independently mm -hmm. put their lunches away yeah. uh, go get uh, each one of the clients has their own goal that they want to be working on some of our clients have you know they want to learn to read better or to write better or math or money management so of course uh, every every client has their own design trainings according to what they want to learn so okay. they have their own space right now because of covid each client is six feet apart from each other uh, and they have their own little uh, box with all their materials they bring that they put it in there and then they start working independently and then after that uh, our instructors uh, they go around and then they start working just to kind of check to see how they're doing and if they need any more assistance of course they help them uh, okay. usually in the morning they they start by doing like a little journal journal about you know what happened the day before yeah. or what is it that they want to do uh, stuff like that after that of course they do a lot of arts and crafts they do a lot of um, let's say for example uh, socialization mm -hmm. they do activities that helps them to socialize to be able to take uh, some of our clients want to be able to communicate better so they we engage them in communication uh, different activities so they can start uh, practicing those yes, things and, more okay and, and I want to uh, you know and, and either one of you jump in here but the ultimate goal here is because they are adults yes. right and and they want to be treated as an adult um, so can you talk a little, you briefly mentioned that earlier, you know. So the two, so if you think of IDD, intellectual di and developmental disabilities, as a, one big umbrella, mm -hmm. there's two parts that come off of that umbrella. It's intellectual deficits and then adaptive functioning. Okay. So some of the activities that Claudia was describing were the daily life skills and all of that kind of stuff, that's adaptive functioning. But then there's the intellectual side, which might um, impact the uh, uh, number of prompts that they need, the number of reminders, IQ, things like that. Okay. So the way that Claudia's program works to, all of the programs really at EHN are designed to be individual to the client, yeah. to individually to support. Because just because you, let's say uh, one of the most common um, IDD diagnoses is autism, for example. Okay. So let's say you've met one person with autism, I like to say you've met one person with autism. You don't know every type of help that every person with autism needs. Okay. So Claudia does a really great job of making it very specific and individual, and all of our programs put effort into that as well. Okay, and since you brought up the topic of autism, uh, you think, you hear the word autism, you think kids. But these are adults with autism. Yes. You don't grow out of autism. Right. It's something that's going to grow <laughs> yes. with you into your later uh, years. So at the Learning Center, there's an area specific 
yes. to uh, helping and assisting individuals with autism. And you described it to me as, and, and for our, our viewers and our, our listeners, describe it. It's very, you have cool colors. Sensory yes. room. Sensory room. There you that go. That was one thing that we worked together on. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that was one of our bridges between the different programs. Okay. Um, and describe that, it. I mean, obviously people can't see it, but the cool colors meaning so, soft So specifically and, yes. for people that um, are diagnosed with autism, they might experience a lot of sensory overload and we all experience that as well. So think about yes. when you're at a super loud concert or when you're in a really loud meeting, you need a minute to decompress, right? right. It's the same thing for people with autism. Their threshold might just be a little bit shorter, which is okay. So they now Claudia has provided them a space to go and decompress. So it's calming colors, um, soothing sensory things. So like beanbag chairs, there's different lessons and that they can go through visuals, visual reminders, and it's an opportunity for them to learn a coping skill that they might not have ever learned before because a coping skill is a skill, right? The term coping skill. Yes. So her staff get to teach them ways to calm down. So then Maybe when they're at Target and they're over, uh, they're overstimulated. They can use that coping skill there. When they're at work for their first job, they can use it there. So it translates and it helps them throughout their life. Not those skills don't stay just at Dayhab, which is really really cool. Okay, perfect. I love the information you're sharing, but we are going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about what you should know, what we should know as the general public about individuals with intellectual developmental disabilities. We'll be right back. At Emergence Health Network, your behavioral health is our commitment. For more than 55 years, we have been serving our community, providing mental health programs, substance use treatments, assistance for our veterans, and 24-hour crisis care. This is us working for you. Before the break, we talked about how when we returned, we were going to talk about what the we should know, uh, you know, the general public about uh, individuals with intellectual developmental disabilities. And more, most importantly, what I find fascinating is that we really need to help them along with their independence. They're just like you and I. They're, they're productive citizens of our community. They have jobs. You know, they, they can function. They go to the families. store. They have they families. Have they go to the movies. Yes. You know, they're part of our community. And why anyone else, you know, would think otherwise, mm -hmm. you know, is mind-boggling. But that is kind of the message that I want to get across, is what we should know about this population. So I think some of it is also just misunderstanding what IDD can look like. Okay. I think a lot of people, we have this view in our heads or from movies, from media, yes. I'm not really sure, but it's not accurate or it's just the most extreme, extreme cases which do not depict the true view of what IDD looks like because it can okay. be so many different things. So I think people are just misinformed and that's okay. okay. But. The viewers are watching this, so this is really cool that they're taking the opportunity to become informed. Yes, which is and nice. learn more yeah. about it, and they can pass along this information yeah. to their family members and loved ones. Um, so, what can we do as a community to better serve, uh, you know, individuals with IDD? You talked about employment. Yes. So, number one, most importantly, I think awareness is the biggest concept for. Uh, caregivers, professional work life, friends and family, awareness is everything. And if you're unaware of what do I do, how do I employ someone with IDD, have you ever tried typing it on Google? You know, there's resources out there. Okay. EHN as well. Um, you can go on their website and there's resources. One of my programs, um, we actually do 
completely free training for anyone that provides support for someone with IDD. Nice. Anyone at all. Parents, grandparents, babysitters, employers, dentists, everyone. So if they're, if they're saying, oh, I would like to employ people with IDD, right. we can come in and help them initiate that program and teach them how. It's just little wow. simple okay. things that can be put in place. Because for the workplace, for example, there's a uh, lots of benefits for employing people with IDD. There's statistically lower level of turnover because they enjoy what they do. They're passionate about what they do. They're very focused and driven people. Okay. So it's really, really incredible to give them the opportunity to contribute. Okay. And most of the things people uh, communicate, well, all those things that we put in place at the beginning of employment, that's gonna cost too much money, I can't do it. Most of those things, 90% are free. Really? Because it's all about preventative measures. It's all about just the awareness and the information. And Claudia does this at Dayhab as well. So it translates, the awareness translates from professional to school to home, all of those things. It's really just, I, I want to help this person. How can I help this person? And then asking for that help because we want to give it. Okay, and yes. it's available. Yes. yes, please call us. Yes, okay. <laughs> One of the things, yes. I'm sorry, that no, I just wanted ahead. to include, like at have we do have a lot of clients that you mentioned. We have some clients that are actually married. Mm -hmm. We have some a uh, few clients that had actually had gone to college, mm -hmm. okay, and they're working. They're working mm -hmm. at the dentist's uh, office. They're working at the airport. They're working in different places. And one of the things that I feel that you know our program has been doing an amazing job with the help of uh, um, her program is that Jordan's program is it's just the fact that you know parents will come to us is like you know what uh, my son or my daughter it's having um, you know this little hiccup at work you know mm -hmm. they need some help here so one of the uh, amazing things that we have is that we work very close to the parents and of course the clients they come with us they tell us what's the problem and then we get you know all the help you know because the client has a coordinator a service coordinator it has nursing it has all these different things around the client services so we put all you know uh, collaborative care. Collaborative care, yeah, care that's what the transition support yes. team is yeah so and it that's has how all we of those different them. professionals yeah and i think it's important to point out that ehn the transition support team specifically does a really incredible job of response time mm -hmm. um anyone that works with people with idd or caregivers First of all, it can be extremely frustrating. I've worked in this career for 11 years. I have never had access to a psychiatrist like I do now. My oh, team has wow. a psychiatrist on yes. it. A parent can say X, Y, and Z is happening at home. I don't know what to do. And our roundtable team, mm -hmm. it's a doctor, psychiatrist. We call in people that specialize in school, stuff like that. Claudia will bring in all these people and the response time is less than 24 hours. Yes. I am yes. very on top of uh, calling parents back because it's important when people are explaining, I need help, or even if a client is communicating, I have this hiccup at work, it is not our space to not acknowledge that level of need that they're having. So if we view it as not as important or an emergency, it is for them. Yes. So as the professionals and as the caregivers, that's how all of us view it. It is. It's important to us. Like it's yeah. not seen as a task or yeah. a box to no, check it's off. Their, it's, it's like their we're passionate. We're passionate about it. So Absolutely. that's why we do that. Yeah. Yes. And I will say that uh, the times that I have been over to the, the day have, uh, your staff is so very engaged with every yeah. mm -hmm. single person there, and and the things that you do, the activities that you do there are just amazing. 
uh, to me. So the work that both of you guys do for EHN with our IDD population is amazing. So let me let me thank you uh, for that. So <laughs> pat yourself on the back. I love it. Um, so primarily, and correct me, I may be wrong. We serve adults with IDD, but we also have some services for children, correct? Yeah, so most of the programs that we mentioned earlier, we concisely mentioned them, but for the viewers that are out there, if you just go to emergencehealthnetwork.com and you go to the different tabs at the top, you can actually see all of the programs described that we're talking about today. So we might be talking fast since we're on a time crunch, right. but they can find those resources there just so y'all know. But um, yeah, so the TST is completely free and it doesn't require any documentation, no Medicaid, no nothing. And we serve anyone at all that is in the waiting for an IDD diagnosis and testing or has an IDD diagnosis. Okay. So for example, we have tons of teachers that reach out to us. Yes. I have this kiddo, I don't know what to do. Can you come to my class? Um, and then I have a team of behavior specialists. They go out the next day, they view it in person, and then the, we come back as a team. They come back that afternoon, we chat, and then we create a plan. We're actually able to purchase the items for the kiddo and take them to the classroom and provide that for the school as well. And then, I, like we spoke about continuum of care, the bridges between, so anything I institute or suggest in a school or a day hab, I will also institute at home as well and give the same nice. resources for the parents. Okay. And then teach so them. So we're, we're educating the parents. Oh yes, yeah. As well. Oh yeah, the parents. So the TST, one of my teams, uh, teaches caregivers how to better provide support. So that's anyone, okay. parents, schools, anyone. Uh, you know, what, what message do you want? Uh, maybe parents, let's go there. Parents with young kids who may be thinking that they have, you know, uh, some kind of developmental delay. What is your advice to them? So number one, most importantly, a lot of people do not know this because I was just at a um, EPISD event earlier today mm -hmm. and I communicated, there were some parents there asking questions that they're waiting on diagnosis for their two and three year olds. And I communicated to them, the waiver program, the average wait time is 15 years. 15 years. 15 years. years. So okay. a lot of parents are unaware of that because that is an exponential amount of time. So they need to start the process now. Even if you are not going to use it, start the process. It's okay if the 15 years comes and you want to deny services because you've figured out other resources. That's okay. You're not held to anything. But please contact EHN and we can help you start the process or at least just give you information on what is the waiver program? What are the resources provided? So there are so many more resources out there, but it's just so difficult to know where to go. When yeah, you're I, can, I can only imagine. Well, even as a professional, I don't know how to find everybody. Like even yes. finding you guys is like impossible. Sometimes <laughs> I forget everybody's email. Exactly. So I can't imagine for them too. So yes. yeah. So, so that's, we're, we're here to guide. We're here to support. We're yes. here to offer services on many different levels. And yes. the worst thing that can happen is asking for a resource for your child is they can say no. Ask. Ask. Because we might advocate. be surprised what's out there, right? Yes, advocate for your kid okay. because you're the parent. You know best, better than us, even though we are the specialists. Parents know best, caregivers know best. So please advocate and communicate what needs to be done. All righty. 
I think more than anything, how uh, Jordan was saying, it is very important because, I mean, we do have a lot of clients coming to our doors wanting they have services. And, I mean, there is several programs, uh, Medicaid waivers, which is uh, HCS, Home Community-Based Services, and then Texas Home Living. But we also have, you know, the ICF if the client needs to be, you know, uh, not living at home, but they want to be in our residential homes. Of course, they can go that way, too. And then we have another service, another program, which is our general revenue, our mm -hmm. GR, uh, oh, okay. which with that one is only very minimum of services, which it could be they have in a service coordination, what they get as part of that service, but that's minimal. And yes, you know, a lot of the clients that come to our doors, they're adults and, yeah. and they never, they they were never informed that they needed to get in, in this waiting uh, list, waiting you know? List. And so for right now, I mean, the good thing, I mean, of course they have is able to serve them, but imagine if they were to be able to put them, uh, their son in the waiting list is the word little, Earlier. then the number of services would it be more? Because yes. under HCS and Texas Home Living, the only difference is the amount of money that each program gives you. And of course, you want to be under the HCS because it's your like Cadillac of services. Okay. You have all these services. You have transportation, nursing, you have uh, respite, you have day have, you have uh, care coordination. So, you have a lot of services compared to just GR. Okay. So of course, it is very important. And you for guys them help to navigate that. Yes. So basically, Contact EHN because we know this is confusing. Mm -hmm. It's still confusing yeah, to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening to it, and I can only yes. imagine as a parent, you're you're already well you know, because then everything's out. an acronym and it's complicated. And some people okay. qualify for some things, and some people don't. We understand it's confusing, so just contact. We have an entire huge team of caseworkers okay. that you just call the main number at EHN, mm -hmm. and then they will send you and target you. Okay. And also on the EHN website, if you go to yeah. the different tabs. If you go to the intellectual disability tab, my email is actually on there. Perfect. My pers my work email. So please, okay. anyone Thanks. can reach out. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Kyle. Yes. We really Welcome. appreciate Thank the information. You. And again, as Jordan was talking about, if you would like to learn more about the IDD services at EHN and how to learn about all these resources that they were talking about, you can call 915. 242-0555. Ask to speak to someone in the IDD department. And then also our website, emergencehealthnetwork.org. Thank you guys. We'll see you for the next time. Thank you for letting us be mindful of your health. Brought to you by Emergence Health Network. We'll see you next time. The preceding program was a paid commercial, which has been paid for by the advertiser, whose products and or services are featured in this program.